Girlfriends would be canceled like seven times. The stuff that they got away with back then. Girlfriend's script is like. Oh, yeah, I love Girlfriends still, though. You know what? I never really got into Girlfriends. I never got into girlfriends. Start watching on Netflix. I, I mean, yeah. I did, but like, I, I just got bored. Like, I like, I reached episode six and I just could oh, not I get to, into it. I love. Girlfriends. I used to watch it when I was twelve for no reason, had no idea what was going on, and now I watch it. I'm like, oh, this is more funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tracy Ellis Ross, Joan. Yeah, like I love. She's a mess. She's a, a hot mess. mess. Bitch. And then what's her <laughs> name? Um, 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 the hippie one. Oh. Uh, uh, oh god. Oh, the what? one she had like the long like yeah. and stuff like why that. Am I, yeah. Why am I missing her name? Yeah. I like her. No. We will definitely come back to that, but I wanted to say for the, those who are listening to this podcast, welcome, welcome, and welcome to the movie Bugle. My name is Justin and I am the host of this show. With me today I have a, a group of people that I have assembled together that I felt like I couldn't have this conversation without. I view each of them and their opinions very highly in my life and um, especially about this type of conversation and this subject matter so just want to go around the table really quick i have chris aka kiki grace she's actually the one who also eqs all of my uh my podcast so thank you kiki <laughs> not a problem thank you for having me no problem i also have caricia hello caricia hey. I have my brother Richard on here. What's up, Rich? What's good? What's good? And I have my sister Angela. Hi, sister. Hello. <laughs> so thank you guys for joining me on this podcast show. So this particular episode, I normally release my podcast every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. But this is a special episode because we are releasing it on Juneteenth. And I wanted to do something special just to highlight this holiday because for myself growing up, I didn't even know this was a holiday. Um, I just actually found out in the past couple of years, and I know everyone who's sitting um, at this table with me actually came over to my house last year, and we celebrated Juneteenth for my very first time. So um, before we get into movies and everything like that, what does Juneteenth mean to you guys? Like, I know, like I said, for me, this is a newer holiday for me, um, just for the celebration, the meaning behind it, especially everything that happened last year with Black Lives Matter and everything like that. What does Juneteenth mean to you, Angela? I'm pretty similar to you. Um, I never celebrated it when I was younger at all. Um, so actually, when it became a big deal last year, I was a little confused, to be honest. I was right. like, why? Wait. Oh, okay. Should I be celebrating this? Am I supposed to celebrate it? Um, and like, my family is African-American. We're not like, you know, Caribbean or anything like that. And we just never celebrated it. Um, but I think it's... I think it was... A good thing to have, like, you know, a good holiday to kind of acknowledge um, something that I just hadn't acknowledged before. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, like, celebrating it, it meant something special. Um, so, Kadi, like, last year, we, everyone came over to my house and we talked about, like, everything that was present. Um, and we talked about videos and I felt like it created a space, a safe space for everyone. Talk to me about, like, did you grow up doing anything Juneteenth or did you have, a, like, an awareness of it as well? 
so I'm from Phoenix, um, and in Arizona, we had these like Juneteenth parades that I used to go to all the time. Oh, really? But I'll be completely honest with y'all, I was just going there to like with you. <laughs> Everybody was at the parade, and like you would just go up there, and there would be concerts, and there would be step teams, and it was just a, a space to hang out as a teenager, and that's that was a cool thing to do. I don't think I understood the context of Juneteenth and the importance of it um, until very recently, very similarly to everyone else. I, I truly didn't take time to understand the holiday. And I think what what helped uh, enable my ignorance was the fact that like it wasn't even acknowledged as a, as a holiday where we got off of work or anything like that either. We didn't have time off of school. There was no excusing for Juneteenth. So it just didn't seem, it seemed like, like for me, it sounds so bad, but like National Donut Day or Best Friends Day, like a thing that, that a group of people celebrated, but didn't really necessarily understand all of the importance behind it in my naive teenage years. And no. even like in my professional career. No, actually, I can agree with that because I feel like Juneteenth for the longest time has been boxed in with all these other random days that we recognize but i feel like there's so much more significance with juneteenth you know chris you and i and richard we also we all went to the same church in orlando um did you have like any experiences growing up with juneteenth um because you grew up in like south florida um so originally in south florida we didn't really celebrate it much it was just more so you know something that we just knew about it was in the history books like one of my history teachers he was black so he definitely highlighted a lot of those issues and situations so i knew about juneteenth but i didn't know the the full significance behind it if that makes sense um i also didn't pay attention to history class either so that was another <laughs> thing um <laughs> but overall i think for me um going to school in south carolina is what changed everything for me uh the black culture in charleston especially is huge they um they lean on each other and, and it is a whole community You'll see strangers walking down the street and it's a it's an immediate, hey, how you doing? Or how you doing, fam? Or keep your head up, sis? Or something encouraging like that. And that's just seeing people like random on the street. And for me, going to school there, um, you hear stories about it and there were whole festivals. Um, usually, you know, when May hit, I usually just went back home to Florida, but there was two summers I actually stayed. And... Um, like I, I actually experienced like the full potential of it all. There were parades, there were, um, there were, uh, you know, just like Cody said, there were like step shows and different exhibitions uh, that they had just to celebrate that time. And for me, it was just a fun time. You know, I again, I heard of Juneteenth since middle school, so I, you know, growing up in Miami, I heard I heard about that term, but I never fully understood it until like recent years, especially last year. Like last year's when it hit home and it hit hard, um, and then just overall, just that was just a whole emotional thing for me last year. So everything just came at a big way for me. Um, I know it affected a lot of people too. But um, as for the history of Juneteenth, like I knew about it, but I never knew the full potential, the full story behind it until last year. I feel like Juneteenth was like that pimple that you're trying to like, like pinch, and when it finally like bust open. Ew. Like, just because of everything that happened. Like, I know that was super gross, but, but I don't know why. it was very satisfying <laughs> also at the same time, though. And it was very satisfying. Also, you know, um, celebrating it last year. Richard, you also grew up in, like, South Florida as well. Like, did you know anything about Juneteenth? And, like, did you guys celebrate it in your family? I knew absolutely nothing. 
I was 35 years old when I found out about Juneteenth. Honestly, to be 100%. Um, I, I think part of that played into the fact that I was raised by Jamaicans. And Jamaica has its own history. Um, and my parents learned that history. And they moved here. My mom moved here when she was young, but kind of similar. Like, black history is not taught in schools. So she moved to New York when she was 13. And I think there was only certain history that she was privy to or learned. Obviously, like Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, obviously, because a lot of those things. And where they were prominent, you know, Malcolm X in New York. And, um, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. was, 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 was kind of like recent history. Um, but... Yeah, I just didn't, there wasn't like a pass down of black history, black American history. So um, I felt like uh, in the past few years, I've been on another education. I'm learning uh, the black flight specifics in this country. Um, I've always had appreciation and understanding of it. And I have my own experience, um, you know, because of the color of my skin and the length of my hair. But I think... Juneteenth, it was a new thing for me to learn. And and actually, um, film, you know, or TV put me on to some things uh, about why we want to celebrate Juneteenth or lost history. Um, you know, it was a TV show called Watchmen that illuminated my knowledge of Tulsa, which I never knew anything about as well. And so I think that's interesting. Like, um, I kind of went through, like, an educational process. No, I definitely agree. And since you bring that up, since, you know, on the Movie Bugle, we talk about movies and we talk about TV shows. And um, I do a lot of, like, you know, the nerdy stuff. I talk about the Disney and the Marvel and the DC and everything. But I also wanted to create a space where I can talk about the more serious topics in relation with movies. And it's great that you actually segued into talking about certain things with, like, TV shows and movies. Because, you know, we both watch Watchmen. You know, I don't know if everyone here has watched Watchmen on HBO. And that was the first time, you know, I heard about Tulsa as well. And it's really funny because, you know, I grew up in Florida and I knew about Rosewood. And, um, like, there's a there's a family rumor on my dad's side that my family was actually a part of that wow. massacre and stuff. Because Rosewood, Rosewood took place in southern Florida. And after, so pretty much if you don't know about Rosewood, there's actually a movie um, based on a true story um, where... You know, just like a lot of different situations in this country, um, a black man was accused of something. In this particular case, he was accused of raping a white woman. And um, the town ran all the black people out, killed a lot of black people. And those people who were ran out of the town went to different parts of Florida, like Eustis and Gangsville and Titusville and other different places. And um, a lot of my family on my dad's side stay in Gangsville. And even uh, to this day, like, I haven't been there since I was younger, but my mom would tell me how, like, we would go there when we were little, and they were still staying in huts. And what's funny about, like, Gainesville is University of Florida, I think, is in Gainesville? Yeah. Yeah. The so, Gators. So you have all these college students all in town, but literally in the backwoods, you have a whole neighborhood of black people still staying in huts because they don't want to come out and, uh, and associate with, you know, people out there. So, um, so like... Like Watchmen, you know, I wanted to bring up some movies and TV shows that have either helped illuminate it 
the black experience or helped um, change the perspective of black people in this country. So um, I asked everyone who's here with me to come up with some things and we'll just have an open conversation. And um, for all the listeners out there, just think about some movies and TV shows that you have watched over the years. One thing that I would say is Boys in the Hood. So Boys in the Hood for me, like I've always loved that movie. Um, I think that it was such a human movie. Um, I've seen a lot of different interviews. And Wait, how old were you watch Boys? I was probably just born. Also, <laughs> what, also, what channel did you watch it on? Was that like UPN? UPN. The edited version with the commercials. No, I think we had the VHS. Oh, you had the VHS. Yeah, so I seen okay. the un- and I I prefer because you know watching movies and stuff on TV they they take out all the best parts. Yeah, on <laughs> Sundays. I definitely watch it on Sundays. You watch it with the commercials. Yeah. yeah, I had this. No, we had the VHS, but I liked it because I've seen interviews with um, I can't think of who's the director. I can't think of uh, John Singleton. He directed it. Yeah, because um, Ice Cube was talking about how John Singleton was pretty much harassing him for a few years to be a part of this movie. Um, you know, respectfully, but he was like John Singleton was just coming out of college, so and Ice Cube was. In B, uh, in in WA yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know doing his solo career, he's like, I don't. Who is this guy? Why are you bothering <laughs> me? But when he finally got his hands on the script, he was so passionate about it. And I think that Boys in the Hood it showed a lot of different things in the movie. It showed you know black fathers take care of their kids. Um, it showed how people in the hood you know are regular people too. There's there's violence everywhere. Um, but I think it sort of humanized the black experience. What do you guys think about, you know, Boys in the Hood and, you know, having that narrative? Because, you know, back in the day, it was just black people are just criminals. Right. That's all we saw on television. And we had things that came out from that. So, like, what do you guys think about Boys in the Hood and, uh, you know, and that narrative or, or the, what we got from that movie? So, Boys in the Hood was a world, a, a window to the, a world that I didn't know about. So growing up in Florida, I'd never been to the West Coast. I mean, the furthest west I'd been is the west side of Florida. Like, so, um, you know, it's like, and I've only been up the East Coast. So knowing that Boys in the Hood was set in, in, in Los Angeles, it was a window to, like, how other people were living um, for me. I don't think I held on to the weightiness of the black experience until I was older. And I was able to look back on it and go, oh presented this person like this or this person like that right but obviously something you know stood out about that movie even though like there was a lot of stuff going on he was still able to come out to his stoop and be like today's a good day or today's gonna be a good day you know and um and obviously that's now an iconic meme that uh you know but, but it's true like you know at, and even you know the movie kind of culminates with him after all the drama and everything goes down, he's still there. Right. One of his homies is still there. You know, even though they they had gone through pain and loss and like all of whatever it was. So yeah. So I think, but it, for me, it was a window to the West Coast. The West Coast was uncharted territory for me. Like I have to be admitting, like I only knew West Coast because of West Coast rap, and like, but I had no like experience, like vision to what West Coast was. Well, Angela, you're from the West Coast. Like, how would you look at it, Boys in the Hood, differently from, like, how we would look at it? It's so interesting because my dad, he was actually a police officer for Compton PD during that time. So it's funny, when I was growing up, he would always, like, 
kind of talk about people like Ice Cube or Snoop Dogg are like, oh yeah, like those knuckleheads and height, like, at, like you know, blah, 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 they go to this high school or whatever. So you kind of had like this weird, like, I don't know, like those are just the neighborhood kids yeah. and like look at what they're doing now kind of thing. Um, but I mean, so it was interesting. My parents, I grew up in a divorce home. My mom like lived out in the suburbs. We usually lived like in all white or just like very non-black areas. <laughs> and my dad, on the other hand, he was in Compton. So like, it was like you would see like the very like difference in like the neighborhood. And I think the most like, what strikes me the most was like Boys in the Hood, um, what else? like. Dead President. Oh my gosh, Bra- Dead President. <laughs> right? Like, so good. Friday. Like, those were the first times that you had, like, black people telling these stories right. from their, like, perspective. Because um, up until that point, they were being told by someone else who's like, oh yeah, this is what black people do in their neighborhoods, or this is, and you're actually seeing this, like, this is, like, behind the scenes. These are what, like, these families are going through. Um, these are, like, the actual issue that's at hand. It's not just about drugs, like, you know, it's about, like, saving your family or, you know, taking care of your family. So, I don't know. I, I It's funny. It, it is what it looked like. Because <laughs> I remember being a kid growing up in L.A. and there was, like, certain areas you didn't go to. Right. And you didn't wear certain colors. Mm-hmm. Like, even up until, like, high school. I remember, like, just in my neighborhood. And I lived in Pasadena, which is not even <laughs> a bad area, you guys, of L.A., right? right? But you could not wear red. Like, if you wore red, you had issues. So it's just like very interesting to see it like portrayed in movies as well, like about West Coast. Because I mean, it was it's what was happening, but I don't know. It, it, it's interesting to see the, the other perspective of it. No, I feel you. I think that um, yeah, I think perspective and I like what you said about how like those movies were like the first time we were able to tell our own stories mm-hmm. because you know back in the day, any type of story that you would see like a black person in was told from a different perspective, yeah. and I think that. Those movies, like John Singleton, the Spike Lee's back in the day, were trying to tell stories from like our own perspective. And sometimes you have those truths like, hey, you know, this is what happens in the hood. This is what happens here. This is what happens there. But you also have the other side. Like with Boys in the Hood, uh, one thing that was pushed from, you know, Cooper Gooding Jr.'s, you know, his his dad was, you need to go to college. You need to get an education. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I think from the outside looking in, you don't really see that. Cardi, you grew up in Arizona? Okay, so I think you told me a few times before about, like, I guess, black people there. And, like, so looking at a movie like Boys in the Hood or, like, something like that, like, what was your takeaway looking at those types of movies? You know, as you guys are talking about Boys in the Hood, um, I couldn't help but remember, um, do you guys remember Set It Off? Yes. I, oh, oh yeah, we were gosh, definitely gonna yes. talk about set it off. And, uh, yes. so I don't that know, was my movie, right? I don't, I don't know what what we were talking about the other day, but this movie came up, and um, for me, like my my boys in the hood was like set it off because it was the first time you saw black women in starring roles telling their stories about how they're fighting to take care of their families and what loyalty looks like and friendship looks like and pain looks like. Um, and, and true grit and it was to me that that movie I'm pretty sure I was way too young to be watching that movie in the first place and I didn't quite understand all of the nuances at the time but I got it enough to to really respect and appreciate my mother as a single mother raising me um, and what everyone goes through or what women were going through and I, I just I really appreciated hearing like a, a, a story from a black woman's perspective 
I don't think I had heard that or had seen black women starring in a film before that. Yeah. Like, I didn't see people that looked like me. No, absolutely not. Chris, you've seen Set It Off before. Oh, absolutely. What do you think about Set It Off? Wow, there's a lot I can say about Set It Off. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but what I did appreciate about that movie as a whole was the fact, you know, just echoing Noah Cotty just said, it does show what black women go through, even the successful side of it, you know? Um, you know, one had a great job at a bank, you know, and then the other one was there hustling for money. And, and it just showed so many different sides of it all. And to the point where they just got fed up. You know what I mean? And it's only when we get fed up that's when we start taking action for things. And when I mean action, I mean extreme action. You know what I mean? And um, what I did appreciate about it, I mean, besides the overall action and thrill of it all, was that these ladies were friends and were ride or die for each other. And especially in today's uh, day and culture, you don't see a lot of black women taking up for each other. You, I mean, you see a few people doing it, but it's more of people attacking each other rather than supporting each other. Um, so that's one thing I really did appreciate it. I mean, the ending was the ending. Oh, um, so hard. If you haven't seen it, I I'm sorry. That was no. a very hard ending yeah. for me. Um, but, you know, I'm glad, one, uh, you know, spoiler alert, I'm glad one of them made it out. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. also, if it's a spoiler alert, like, y'all are behind. Right. Like, I know that. Yeah. Like, that was like 90 like 20 something. Years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But if you haven't seen that movie, really go see that movie. It's a really good movie. Good representation of uh, the struggle of black women, but also the support of black women. And that's what I really appreciate about that movie in general. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's so many other movies that can you know portray uh, the struggle and also come up with positive uh, outcomes. Like for example, uh, Daddy's Little Girls. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. It's one of Tyler Perry's movies starring Idris Elba. Anyways, and Gabrielle Union. But, um, you know, it's a great represent, a great represent, can't even talk, Lord. Come on now. Great representation of a father literally looking out for his kids and doing whatever it took to make sure that he had a relationship with his kids and you don't see that a lot in the black community so i'm really glad that was like shown and how he actually fought for his kids because you know the, the courts are naturally gonna you know go in favor of the mother you know so to see that side where a father is literally putting everything on the line just to get his kids and to show the love that he has for his kids that was that was pivotal for me that was one of the pivotal things for me because growing up i just knew about i mean I grew up with a two-parent household. I was one of the fortunate people that did. Um, and I'm definitely grateful for that. But all of my friends didn't grow up with a two-parent household like I did. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, most of my friends would tell me, oh, yeah, like, you know, my dad doesn't show up for this or yada, yada, yada. And it just portrays this negative stigma of black fathers, you know? So to see a movie like that, that there are black men out there that still fight for their kids and... Now, as an adult, and I have, you know, friends that have kids, and I see how they fight for their kids. You know what I mean? And it's just like, okay, so this is actually a real-life thing. It's not just in a movie. It's not just fiction. It's not just one, you know, one in a million. And these are actual fathers actually doing this on a day-to-day. So, uh, and like, that's... Sorry, I know we were talking about set it off, but, no, like... you're fine. I, you know? I think that, no, that's really good, because I think that uh, media, just throughout time... 
they have a way of twisting the narrative we live in an age of like social media now and people they just follow the hashtags and they follow like the headlines and they don't really dive in and actually um you know talk about like the reality we was actually talking about this right before we started you know with a, a current movie that's out um you know totally unrelated to like black people but just uh, um talking about the in the heights movie and we we're just talking about how like there's like a cancel culture for that movie now because of a quote-unquote lack of representation but the problem with that canceled like narrative is the people who are trying to cancel it don't know the reality of Washington Heights and how that movie actually, in my opinion, I feel like people sitting at this table agree with me, um, it does show the actual representation of that culture. And I think a lot of it also is people are jumping on the bandwagon. They'll see yeah. something and they're just like, oh yeah, I want to follow it too. Or right. yeah, I want to do this. And they don't really think about it for themselves. So, you know, social media or media in general can put out there black fathers don't take care of their kids right so now you have someone who lives in the suburbs in a predominantly white town or a predominantly asian town or whatever and all they know from tv is black fathers don't take care of their kids you know so it's really good that we have these types of movies who you know that show the different perspective it shows our perspective to those things so i, I definitely like that um one thing that i also like is i think this is a staple and um, is the Jackson 5 American Dream movie. Mm, um, yes. I, I love that movie so much because it does, you know, it talks about the Jackson 5 and talks about how they became the Jackson 5. But to me, like, in the sake of this conversation, it talks about, you know, what a father and mother would go through, you know, especially, like, the father. You know, it's, you can say what you want about Joe Jackson, but he made sure his family made it. You know, he, he, he pushed them and you got to see that struggle, but you also got to see a family taking care of their kids. They, how many Jacksons are there? Is it like 10? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, I want like maybe six or seven boys and like three girls. I, I, I don't know, but I, it's a lot, but you know, growing up in, and I'm pretty sure they didn't have a big house either. I'm pretty sure it was like maybe three or four bedrooms. So there's, <laughs> so, but I, I love that movie because you saw the struggle and you saw the rise, the, the fame of the Jackson five. And you know, Michael Jackson is arguably like the biggest star of all time. And Jackson five is arguably like one of the biggest groups of all time. So it was just nice to see that background. Did you guys watch the Jackson five or? Like, I have not watched that since I was a kid, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Like, it's been a long, long time. It's one of those movies where if it's on no matter what part it is, I'm going to watch it. Like, I would literally just watch it from beginning to end. Like, I actually just watched it the other day. It was, like, maybe, like, a week or so ago. I, I saw it on TV, and I, I just watched the entire thing. I just remember him and his pet mouse. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. That's so funny. But yeah, no. So what about Lean On Me? Y'all remember Lean On Me? Oh, Is man. Is that with Morgan Freeman? Yes. yes. Oh, man. That's another one. I haven't seen that one in a long time either, though. But you know what? I enjoyed that movie heavily. Yeah, I had to watch it for a class. Um, and at that time, it was refreshing for me because I lived under a strict household, so I couldn't hear any or I can watch movies, anything with more than three cuss words in it. So, oh, woof. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was one of those. But... <laughs> But at the same time, it gave me a great appreciation for it because here you have this one man changing a whole narrative of the school. You know what I mean? Like the school was put into a negative light and this one man came and changed everything. You know what I mean? And it just shows like the power of our culture in general. Like 
we can band together we can do this we can fix things we can you know what i'm saying like we we can it period you know what i mean and for i don't know that that movie was just that was one of the first black movies i've ever seen um growing up as a kid so you know that one always stuck with me more than anything else so i have i have a question for you guys because some of these movies i have not seen and um I was curious, who introduced you to these movies and these shows? Was it like your family? Was it your friends? Is you know, for me personally, I, I I didn't necessarily see a lot of representation on television, and I didn't have like a lot of the rerun show or movies and stuff on on television either. And it was mostly my friends. They were like, "You haven't seen The Wiz," and and introducing me to things like that because of pure shame. But I just didn't have access to that kind of stuff. So who, who introduced you all to, to like these classic black movies like Lean on Me? I want to say Sunday afternoon television. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, um, black kind of like more black centric networks. Like there was like UPN in in South Florida. Right. I want to say that I watched probably. So I'm gonna list off a few movies. Uh, the Wood. Yes, yeah, um, classic. Best Man. Yes. Yep, another classic. Mm-hmm. Um, Brown Sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, probably a few more Love in there. Love and Basketball. Not Love and Basketball, actually. Actually, Love and Basketball, and I. this is like truth moment here. <laughs> um, I have not watched Love and Basketball. <gasps> Wait. <laughs> no. Yeah. I want to respond um, that way, but I know there's plenty of classic movies I've never seen either. So. so actually no, I'm lying. It's not Love and Basketball. It's, no. it's, it's it's um. I made you watch Love Jones. It's Love Jones. No, but I made watch. you watch. We watch. It was Love Jones. I have watched Love and Basketball. I lied. I have watched Love I have watched Love and Basketball. But okay, yes. So Love and Basketball was probably on UPN too. So I want to say like because my mom, I also was like a very conservative household. So like if there was a sex scene, I couldn't. She wouldn't want me to watch the movie. So, um, I like the fake cover your eyes. Well, no, she wasn't. She wasn't even watching it. So like it just wasn't being watched, and so like we didn't have the DVDs or anything like that. So honestly, that's where I watched a lot of these movies, and and I watched them with commercials. And um, and well, all the so, best parts were edited out. Maybe, but <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's that's where I got experience. With, and then and then okay, the other part was I would go to Jamaica to visit my cousins, and then there would always be bootleg movies, and we would catch up on movies there. And so, and so we'd watch bootleg movies, and it was always like the movies that I didn't have at the house. No, I feel that to a certain extent. Um, as I said, like I live in a very sheltered household, so um, going to college uh, is when I experienced most of these black movies because there was a point in time where you know they would be talking about movies, oh like Boys in the Hood, oh Jason's Lyric, oh Poetic Justice, and I'm just like, what? What, what are these movies? So I remember my sophomore year all the black people at the school like it, it was like a little community <laughs> all the black people at the school got together and put a whole list down and i had to finish that list by the end of the year and i learned a good chunk of movies i think Come boys in the hood line. right <laughs> like boys in the hood was in it poetic justice was in it um uh juice was in it um crooklyn uh there there's it's just a whole like iconic one i think the only quote-unquote, or a couple, quote-unquote, black movies that I've seen before that was 
uh, stomp the yard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, love and basketball and uh, drumline. I think that was like the only three that I really did see beforehand. But everything I else I learned line. in college. Drumline. You cannot tell me when Chris Brown's brother died that you did not cry. Yeah, no, it was the other way around. Yeah, Chris Brown's one died. It's something the art, right? Oh, I didn't watch. Oh, uh, yeah. Columbus, yeah. Columbus Short. Columbus Short's brother could talk. Yeah, Chris Columbus Brown Short. Columbus Short. One, yeah. But no, you did. But I was also at the. You can't tell me he didn't cry. Yeah. There, no, okay. Did. Yeah. So they, they got they got some emotion out of you, even though I, it's not winning the Oscars. But, but also, you know. but the, even so, even to that to that tip. So like going back to like these types of movies like helping shape the narrative and stuff. So like for example, Drumline. I know after I seen Drumline, I was like, well, I want to go to HBCU and, and I want right. to go to Every, Yeah, well, 100%. Well, 100%. Drumline, what's interesting is Drumline came out around the time when I was trying to make the decision for colleges. Right. And so that ages myself as the oldest probably at the table. But, uh, <laughs> You're still young. so what was interesting though is because I had, like my best friend, he was always in marching band in high school. And we had always heard about this myth or this like, it's almost like a, a legend of um you uh 100 and just like how great this marching band is and so when drumline came out it was like holy crap we had this window to this world that had only been talked about and as high schoolers looking to make a transition and go to college um it was now okay do we make is this something that we can aspire to you know and and, and to see it in that light I think was, and I think actually the Family 100 were extras in the one of the scenes in the movie. And so it was like this, okay, I feel like some sort of connection to it, you know, because, okay, Family U was one of the schools that I was thinking about going to. And then I knew somebody very closely that was also probably thinking about, okay, I'm going to be growing up with the marching band. So it was interesting to see that perspective. And then also the kind of perspective with Stomp the Yard, Drumline, um, they revealed not not directly, but also they were part of the movie, um, black fraternities and sororities. And so that also was something new to me. I didn't know about that culture. And so it was timing for me. Like drumline fits in in like my movies of growing up. Right. Because of the timing. Because I was about to transition from high school to college. Where other people might look at drumline and be like, huh? You know, like, you know, but, and what was the dude, what was the dude in there in Drumline? Uh, he does not age. Is it Neo? No. No, Neo was in No. He got a bald head too, though. Oh, he, he was he in was, Love Jones. He was, he was little Michael He's, Jackson. He got a bald, yeah. He, Is that you talking about? No, he got a bald head. You know what I'm talking about? I know who you're talking about. I don't know the actor's had, name. But he was also in Love Jones. That man doesn't age. Like he doesn't age. Wait, what was what point. was this character? Like who was he? He was a guy. He was that his all like was... adversary. Oh, oh he's he kept wanting to like. No, there's that guy, but then there's the other guy. Remember oh, the other guy that secretly got Hayes into the other drum yes, crew? Yes, that was oh. little Michael Jackson. He was yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna look it up a little bit, but not. Yeah. But yeah. So Drumline. Yeah, that's a good movie. I think there's those movies that aren't. Maybe they weren't meant to be like serious, like culture uh, impactors, but I think they did they were. impact culture yeah. because of the timing, Was you know? Maybe. 
Um, but yeah, I think uh, what other movies like Joe Point? I think some of the Tyler Perry movies, like so. I think as we talk about, we talked about earlier about cancel culture and just like people like really holding high judgment to things. I think some of the Tyler Perry movies. Get Jason like, Weaver. Jason Weaver. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. Um, no, get, yeah, get looped into that. Right. But I do think, I don't know if. You know, initially people would have thought some of the Tyler Perry movies were culture drivers. But one thing I do know is that for the first time when I would go watch a Tyler Perry movie, I felt like I was going to watch a movie with my people. Right. And it was like a group thing. You know, now, of course, we look back and it's not the best cinema, but (laughs) uh, it was a it was a cultural moment. There was a cultural moment there, at least for me. And I got to experience black culture closely honestly um closer than i had experienced um before um, just because of my family and, and the conservative nature of it and, and being from jamaica and like but i think timing also again i was in high school it was just like a timing thing where i was like okay i can make decisions to go see these movies and then who was i going to see the movies Right, mm-hmm. and and I think that was key, and then into college because I remember we've we've had our Tyler Perry movie experience. Yeah, we and, see yeah. <laughs> a lot of movies together. No, I, so movies have so movies has always been there. Is is they're like entertaining? TV shows are entertaining, but they also can they can serve different like purposes. They can they give a message. They can show a light into a world that we didn't know about. Um, they can bring awareness. Um, so I think like for example. With you know, Drumline or Stump the Yard, those movies shed light on HBCU and that culture, where a lot of people you know didn't know about HBCUs. You know, like Beyonce, you know Queen B, she did you know um, you know Coachella back in 2018, and her theme was HBCU. And a lot of people said like how she paid the way for a, like bringing awareness to HBCU just in that one performance. So I think that those types of movies, even though they were made for just pure entertainment, they're still, you know, value just because it showed like, like us, you know, at a, at a young age that, wow, there are colleges out there with black people and it is not like the ghetto. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's something that you know they have high standards, they have high expectations and you know what I mean? They're sometimes harder to get into the, than you know, other colleges as well because there's such a high expectation. Um, so I think that um, I think that's uh, that's a good point. Um, I wrote this down as um, I did a podcast with my aunt earlier this year um, for the United States versus Billy Holiday movie, and one of the things that she said in the podcast was that the notion of like black on black crime um, needs to go away, which I agree because there's anytime anything happens, it's always like oh black on black crime. Unfortunately, everyone is violent in their own you know communities and everywhere else. So in a movie, jumping back a little bit to like set it off or like other movies that, you know, show like the violence there, um, you know, because set it off is one of my favorite movies. Some people may look at that and see black people just being violent towards each other. Um, but you have other movies that are out there with not black people like, you know, Inside Man, 
or the town or godfather so like what would you say in those situations where you know this movie shows black people being violent you know what i mean so like why would you go off like so like for example set it off as one of my favorite black cinema movies but it is about you know four ladies who are robbing banks you know what i mean but i look at that movie as much more than that i look at you know like chris said like you know the loyalty and the friendship and what you know some people are willing to do and even some of the sacrifices that you know women had to go through jd pinkett smith's character you know slept with a man to get money so she could put her brother in school you know ultimately he you know spoiler alert he you know he died by the hands of police but just thinking about that reality of her you know his sister willing to do anything so she so he could get out of the neighborhood so what would you say like to people who say like oh those movies show black on black crime you know what would you say about that we didn't put ourselves there we didn't put ourselves in that position to do that i mean that that's more historical like going way back but you know we're only I mean, black people will do anything to survive. And then I think that's the biggest um, motivator behind everything. Whether it's just like just trying to stay ahead of rent or just trying to stay ahead in general. You know, like we'll do anything to survive. You know, survival is, is the motive. And I'm not excusing the behavior or anything else like that, but it's just what it is. It's the primal instinct for us to do that. But we're always at the short end of the, uh, of the stick when it comes to society as a whole. Right. So, I mean, that's just my personal take on it. Like when it comes to black and black crime, I don't think it's something that we do out of because we want to, it's just more out of necessity than want. Do you think it's fair to say like black on black crime and those types of movies, but you don't say like white on white crime on like the town or, you know, where it's a predominantly white cast and it's literally the exact same thing, but they don't get those types of perspectives. Like what do you think about that? I mean, I think, honestly, like, black-on-black crime, it's the outdated, just, like... Stereotype. Yeah, it's an outdated word. It doesn't exist. Just, like, for what you said, like, if you are a white person, you're more likely to be assaulted or killed or, like, have some type of violent interaction with another white person. And that's the same for black people. Like, you're more likely to get, like, experience violence from someone who looks like you. And that's just what it is. So, I mean, unfortunately, we've grown up in a society that you know they've made it seem like oh black people are killing themselves they're the ones over there don't even know how to act so I mean I feel like you can't really call these movies like black on black crime it's just it's telling a story of what happened just like the town is telling a story of what happened to some white people acting crazy you know like it's 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 a story it's a truth Um, I think why these stories kind of go beyond that beyond the crime is because they are like giving this backstory of why are these people stealing you know what i mean on the news they're just going to tell you oh it's four black women you know robbed a bank look at those thugs right but instead we're hearing the story she was trying to help her brother they were trying to create a better life for themselves like one was trying to take care of her baby yeah so i mean i feel like that's why you need stories like that, even though it is like portraying a violent story. Mm-hmm. Um, you still need someone to tell that story to say, hey, why did these people do that? Why are they that desperate to go through that? No, I feel you. What about you, Rich? Um, I think those movies, like back in the day, 
day. Like, Boys in the Hood had a lot of violence in it, too. Um, there's some realities there that just are realities. And so to tell the story accurately, you have to depict the realities. I think, you know, kind of fast forwarding to today, there's been some kind of potentially exploitation of black trauma um, where, you know, so to point out the violence that maybe happens in those movies, um, I think is a little bit short-sighted because it's what was happening. It's, it's the life that was happening then. And if you don't include it, then you're sugarcoating it and it's not there. I think even in the movie Friday, they addressed it. And Friday's a comedy, right? And so I think, um, or uh, was it Don't Get Caught? Sipping juice in South Central. Oh, don't, don't be a menace. Don't be a menace. Don't be a menace while drinking juice in South Central. Yeah, you know. The Wayans Brothers. <laughs> um, even in the comedy, they bring in the reality, right, of, of what life was. So, yeah, I think anybody that's going to point that out now, it, it it's a little bit, like you guys said, dated. And, and so I think uh, when I think back, though, when you said, um, like, black on black crime, I don't know, like, my brain immediately, I think because I think the term is, is kind of dated, I think, uh, and, like, I think to, like, just violence in general and depicted in, in film. And I look at two of... Denzel Washington's most acclaimed performances, including the one he won Oscar for, are probably two of the most violent movies that he's been in. So uh, you have American Gangster, um, and he plays a character that does some very violent things. Um, and then you have um, Training Day. And, you know, I think what's interesting is, 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 is I don't know, I think to black representation connected to violence and and then what effect does that have and i don't have like the answer for it but i just think it's interesting that denzel you know will play characters like malcolm x or you know like just like it'll be these other characters and then like training day is what he wins for that right. that always stood out to me me too um that training day was the one that he won for which he comes to a very you know spoiler alert if you haven't seen training day uh but comes to a very violent end and so black people and black experience and violence it's an interesting combination and i actually don't know where i sit with that i, I don't know um because it's so much of it in the older those movies about the hood about the neighborhood about the experience um it was the life but like it's interesting to see the pictures in film and stuff like that, that I just don't know. I don't know what my takeaway is from it, but... Not for you. Howdy, we live in a world of, like, everyone's trying to be diverse, but sometimes, like, being diverse... Like, we can be diverse, but we don't want to recognize this group over here. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, to Richard's point, I, I actually go back to what I was talking about before with, you know, movies is a, is a narrative. So I think having the narrative of, you know, black people and violence in the movie, um, we will look at it as like entertainment, you know, like I, I like the movie Training Day. I like, you know, the movie Set It Off, like it's, it's a really good movie. I can, I have a different takeaway from those movies, but you'll have someone else who will watch it and they'll just say, oh, this is just black people, you know, you know, being violent. Um, how would you have that conversation with someone when they try to use that outdated term on black on black crime? 
um, in those types of movies where like other movies does the exact same thing and yeah. they don't get those types of responses. Well, I feel like creatively in a lot of the cinema that, that we've been exposed to, there you use violence to tell stories. It's, it's not necessarily just black stories, it's all stories. A lot of the content that we're ingesting has a ton of violence in it, whether uh, direct explicit violence or, or perceived violence. Um, same with like sexuality and things like that, right? Those things sell, but they also help you develop deep storylines, strong emotional connections, and like understanding of characters and of the narrative that you're trying to, to portray, the pictures that you're trying to paint. So I don't think it has anything to do with like black on black violence or any other color violence on violence. Like I, I do think that it is a, a medium for telling a story and I respect that. And I think in, in conversations where you try to belittle the artistic representation of, of the story by identifying, you know, well, that's just black on black crime and that's just black people do what black people do. Then you've like missed the entire point of the movie and right. you've wasted the last hour and a half of your life. <laughs> you're right. gonna need to I go concur. back and like rewatch it because right. I definitely you, you're, you're born in the right headspace. Exactly. No, I understand. I agree with that. Um, I have a question for you guys to sort of tie it back to Juneteenth. So, for those who may not know exactly what Juneteenth is, it's a holiday celebrated on June 19th to commemorate the emancipation of enslaved people. Um, the holiday was first celebrated in Texas, where on the date in uh, sorry, 1865, in the aftermath of the Civil War, slaves were declared free under the terms of the 1962 Emancipation Proclamation. So it pretty much took, you know, years after, hey, no more slavery, that, you know, those in Texas were able to get that. So in relationships to movies, and I know this is probably going to be big one for you guys but is there a need to tell slave movies still mm. and so like for example um like we have movies not just slave movies but movies um like Kata, you you say that um a lot of times like you have a hard time watching movies that show like you know black people in pain or anything like that because it's hard to watch like um when when they see us came out, have you still watched it? No, I, I can't. Yeah, I it's it's a. I get it's really a, bad anxiety. I haven't watched it either. My palms are sweating right I now. Haven't it's, it it's a. It's, I've only seen it once, um, but it's it's an amazing, it's a phenomenal piece. But I can't sit down and just watch it again, just yeah. because of the trauma behind it. But looking at like uh, movies like Twelve Years a Slave, or or um, you know The Help, you know those movies show. You know, it's it's a harsh reality. So I know Twelve Years a Slave and The Help are two also like opposites. But do you think, as a society, we still need those types of movies? Everyone's getting really answers right now. So <laughs> I, I'm curious to hear everyone's opinion. Chris, I'll I'll start with you, Chris. <laughs> um, my answer would be yes and no because the story needs to be told. Um, we've buried so much of our history that it some of it does need to come to light and people do need to know however i also say no and this is just me speaking personally every time i see a movie come out like that it's a horror movie to me right and i don't think a lot of people really truly understand that um about being black like to them it's just a movie 
but to me this is history this actually happened and to learn something new every time one of those movies come like comes out it's not something i can easily sit through it's it's not comfortable for me and you already know me i don't do scary i don't do i don't do none <laughs> so to watch these movies like over and over and to see the just the brutality of it all over and over that's it, it's a horror movie to me so for me it's it's a it's a lasting impression that makes me feel very very uneasy i don't know if anyone else feels that way no i understand what about you angela no i i similar sentiment i mean I, that's why i haven't watched that movie um when they see us mm. i can't like i saw a preview for it and i just felt so heavy um one movie i saw recently well not recently but maybe like two years ago that hit me that way was uh if bill street could talk like the weight like honestly that movie could still make me cry no lie because the weight of it of that movie just knowing how many of us like our lives were basically stolen even like today just stolen right and it is it's i richard said it like a little bit ago it's it's trauma and we're walking this very fine line of exploiting, of it being exploited by Hollywood, um, because now you have a new audience, right? Black people, we've already known, we've lived this. Um, but you have a new audience now that is becoming aware of our history and is like, oh, I wanna watch that. Right. And so it's making it more popular and it's like a trendy topic to watch. and like create new narratives you know i think the person who recently did that was jordan peele he like made our trauma told it in a very different creative way and it was interesting to me i like us i like get out i think it's very interesting to tell black stories in that way that you like you're like whoa that is scary you're right i've never seen someone paint my narrative that way but you're right it is a horror movie and um I think it does need to be get told because I think some people think that uh, black history and just being a person of color that like we're over exaggerating or this was a problem our grandparents dealt with, our great parents, grandparents dealt with. And these stories coming out and showing like, no, this happened last year. Right. It's actually very true. It happened. And it's not like some like, you know, legend. Um, people need to know. Um, I just think as a person of color, a black person, you gotta protect yourself. Like you have to realize, hey, if I've already lived this, maybe I don't need to see it. And right. you don't need to participate it in it. Um, you can live your truth that way. Um, yeah. I think there's a I think there's a fine line, um, we were talking about like like exploration of it, where like for example, hidden figures. I love that movie. Um <laughs> It's definitely told in like you know the '60s, um, so you do have the the undertones of racism and stuff like that in it. But the reason behind it was to tell about the these three ladies who were a part of NASA who helped get the first rocket into space and stuff like that. So I think in that aspect of it, um, if there is a reason behind it, and also like who's making it, like when they see us was made by Ava DuVernay. Um, and I think that even though it's a hard watch, it was done beautifully and authentically because it was told from the black perspective. 
um, I think that the line of exploration is when you have like it's a cash grab you know like um, what's the movie with Jamie Foxx Jenga. Jenga. So I, to be honest with you, like it was cool, but it's not one of those movies where I'm like, let me watch it because I 100%. feel like it. it Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Django. Yeah, Django. Oh. Yeah. So I feel oh. like, like a lot of his Django. movies are very, well, they're very Quentin, borderline. Quentin Tarantino steps into yes conversations inappropriate about inappropriate conversations about culture a lot, yes. right? To kind of highlight. Other parts. So, what's the one with Brad Pitt? Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. So, like, he'll step into those conversations. I think Quentin knows he's kind of toting a line, probably. Um, I think. I think you most rightfully so have like an uneasiness with Django because I think that was the point um, with Django. Um, I wanted to jump in and say about the slave stories mm-hmm. specifically. 12 Years a Slave, Roots, The Help, those type of things. Um, honestly, I think storytelling evolves. I think those stories to that level, that production level, honestly, those should be roped into curriculum and taught at schools. Maybe 12 Years a Slave, a more dumbed down version of it. But how better to tell the story of what happened? You know, kids consume content through video, right? So how do you make that into a curriculum that once was a movie, you know? And it's a reality that needs to be taught. I think if we stop telling it, then, you know, we don't do justice to the history that happened. Um, It's tough. It's a tough history. But I think those stories do need to be told. Um, But I think moving forward, we have to be mindful of, of, of... how much trauma we absorb because we absorb content on such a mass scale now. Right. Um, you can absorb content on your phone, on your computer. You don't have to make an effort to go to the movies on the weekend to absorb the content. You have Netflix, Hulu, everything in front of you on the TV. So I think to a show that they just released and um, called Them, and it's uh, written by, um, what's her name? She was in Master Lena. of None. Lena. Lena. Lena Waithe. Lena Waithe. Yeah. And, um, the show's just very intense. And, and and it's like on any given day, on a Tuesday, you can turn on this show and now you've been taken into this trauma that happened in Compton when Compton was white or Inglewood, which is... It was Compton. It's Compton when Compton was white and then the first black family moved in. You know, and you relive what that could have been like, right? And so it's like, okay, we kind of know it now. And then, so I think with, with, with content with shows and movies there is this fine line of are you just doing it for shock value so that you can make some money um or are you actually trying to like educate and illuminate a story that wasn't told right you know and i think that that is like kind of how i'm looking at it like okay is this a story that wasn't told and now you're telling me it Mm -hmm. um it was a lost story a hidden story like the story that um um of the Tulsa. no um the guy that was in Black Panther, he was just in the movie. He just oh, Fruitville. Fruitville. No. The, the Bloods. Uh, no. Um, he. Oh, the one with Viola Davis. He's a uh, he's a black pa- not Black Panther, but he's like. Oh, a, the Messiah. Judas. Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's a very traumatic story, and the way that it goes down in real life, like you know, like I mean, he was what twenty one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he passed away. 
Um, but he was but yeah, was murdered. It's it, when he was murdered. It it's but it's a story that wasn't told. Right. Right. And so, illuminate to me a new story. Don't tell me the same old trauma. Right. Just yeah, like give it a new package, and so you can make some money off of it. Right. Like, tell me a new story. Right. That I didn't know. And I think that's what I think that's why Jesus and Black Messiah did so well too, right? And and so, um, yeah. So that's just kind of how I was looking at it with the slave movies specifically. I think they're hit, I think they're they're education right now. Right. They need to be education for the next generation. Yeah, I think that there there's definitely a fine line because even as you're saying like Judas and the Black Messiah, I'm thinking like two movies like Judas and the Black Messiah, Hidden Figures. Obviously, the content is very different, but they're both, like, informative. They both told about a story, like, based on a true story, of uh, something that happened that a lot of people didn't know about. Um, I've never heard of Fred Hampton before, because um, we, we weren't taught that in school. Yeah, same. You know, just like Tulsa, we weren't taught that in school. Um, there's also the other side of that same, you know, where it can be a positive, where you have, like, uh, Watchmen. Or you have um, uh, uh, Lovecraft, Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. Oh, it's another uh, another one, but you know it deals with the traumas of the past, but it's done in a creative way, to where you can still have a, a conversation, like the the Jigabobo episode. So I just rewatched it on like online, and it's so creepy. It is. Mm-hmm. What episode is that? The, the one little with the two girls. girls. The two little girls, girls are dancing. That oh. cursed her? That were like chasing after yeah, her? Yeah, no. When you they just, by the way, Chris dance. is never going to watch this. So. Oh, yeah. Here he is. You already know. It's, it's so right good. Now. But like, so, so even still, so like, creepy. you know, they, so for those who haven't seen like Lovecraft Country, Chris, you should definitely watch it. Um, you they, really should. They mix, you know, the, the history you know, different things that happen in history, but they also say black people can be in science fiction too. There's, you know, you know, monsters and stuff like that was really good. So I think that's a good, like that's on the positive side. On the other side, um, you have shows like Them. I haven't watched it because Them got so much backlash about, it's just like, it's like, damn, we get it. Like <laughs> We understand, it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, another movie that I know that got a lot of backlash, um, I enjoyed it. But I could understand was the movie with Antebellum with Janelle Monae, where it was kind of like so. Basically, the premise of the story was um, um, you remember the trailer like it showed like her in modern day, but all of a sudden yes. it showed her back in the day. The twist of the story, like I could understand why people would get upset. Um, so like thinking about Django Unchained, you know Quentin Tarantino, it's like those movies where it's like it's it's exploration. It's not it's not there to, to teach us anything or to show us anything. It's, it's, you know, it's just there for just pure entertainment, but it's also, it's harsh. It's, like, really, really bad. It's, like, you're, you're playing on the the traumas of Black people, and I think that's the other side that you have to, that you have to be careful about because we have enough. We have enough trauma every single day. We had enough trauma, you know, in our, in our history. And I, I it's, as uncomfortable as some of these movies and TV shows, like When They See Us can be, I would rather watch that and walk away with something you know, or show this to a friend who who doesn't understand and say, watch this because you'll be able to understand versus like them where it's kind of like, like, why am I watching this? Like, like, what was the point? And I know Lena Waithe, um, uh, is it Lena? It's not Lena Waithe. Yeah, it is Lena Waithe. Oh, oh I, would Lena. Say, I would say Lena Waithe. <laughs> oh. uh, but I, she's, you know, 
people have said like you know she uses like, she she plays on black trauma a lot so like a lot of people are like quote well, unquote canceling her well, well yeah I mean I so here's a, is a, an experience I had and I didn't know why I had this experience and I think this is very nuanced right I think because we're talking about movies and it's like what makes us different than the TV show them and and you know like I think it is a bit, a bit of nuance but I had an experience when I watched specifically Queen and Slim and I don't know if you guys have seen I love that movie Queen too Okay, so you love the movie, and Angela will attest to this. Like when the movie was done, I, I didn't feel great. Like I, I, I said, I think I even said, like I just like something's off. Like I don't know how I feel about this movie, and and so, um, Kari, have you seen Queen's Slim? No, I haven't seen it yet. Um. I won't like, spoil it for you, but I want to see it. But yeah, I'm scared. no, it's, uh, it's not something it's, to be scared of. It's just so. So here's the storytelling. So like back to the back to the idea of illuminate something new to me. Well, Queen and Slim, I feel like it was a it was a pre already told story. Yes. Um, just with different characters, and but in the timing of when it was released it was just i i didn't want to see that happening you know to the main characters and and so i think that's what lena white what she's getting a lot of flack for is the timing of these things right like and i think timing is everything and i think maybe to your question justin like is there space for like the slave movies or, or the movies that show that pain um or stuff like that I think what happened in the last couple of years has changed timing. Um, like, like it's changed the landscape where now, maybe not. Maybe it's not what we need right now. Right. Maybe we need uplifting. Maybe we need joy. We need More movies great. About, like, black we love. need black success yeah. and black triumph. You know. Absolutely. And, and because right now we have so much. Of action, of the live in the moment black pain. Right. And so I think that's kind of the conversation where people are going, like, okay, if she's gonna write, if somebody's gonna write a black story right now, why are we writing black trauma right now? Exactly when we're living it. Yeah, like how about we write something uplifting? Yes. And yeah. something that's gonna show yeah. us succeeding and triumphing. You know, and I, I think that I think that that's the narrative right now because I think, yeah, it's just what it is. It's this is what we're living, and so we use entertainment and cinema to escape. No, I'm yeah. Definitely, I, I totally agree with that. We do need something uplifting. We we go through trauma every day. We live the trauma every day, um, and then so I'm just gonna kind of shift it a little bit. I hope this is okay, Justin. But um, like. If you think about when we were growing up, at least, you know, in our in our age group, growing up with The Cosby Show and growing up with The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Family Matters and all these other black, represent, you know, representation on TV that showed a positive outlook on things. Now, they, yeah, they did touch on a few things um, that did happen within our community just to know that, you know, it just to make people aware that it does exist and it's not just a TV show. But... Look how many people look up, like the Cosby show, Cosby show, Cosby show specifically, like, you know, you have a lawyer and you have a doctor and they're both successful, have five kids and they are making it in New York. When is the last time you heard a successful story like that? 
know what I mean? And we grew like we grew up listening to that and watching that and um, you know, growing from that. And I think that's a really good way to, you know, that was, that was a really good representation for us and a really good example for us growing up to show that we actually can do it. We actually can make it. We can do whatever we put our minds to. We can be successful. We can have a family. We can have it all, you know? And I know just with everything that that's being put out, not to say that it's they're they're bad or they're terrible. It's just something we just need more positivity, you know. Not to say not to say that we can't tell the story, but tell the story and then also have something on the other hand yeah. that brings up our our, our culture and not just yeah. like slimes it all the yeah. time. Yeah. Sure. You know what sure. I mean? We're already so in like such a heavy environment right now. Right. That's and a good we point. Use, we use um, movies and, and television like Rich was saying so it help that like let that be an escape let that be an opportunity to start to see things that make you feel better that when you walk away from it you don't feel confused you don't feel even heavier or for me personally when I watch shows or movies like what we were just talking about I, I leave angry I already have a lot of stuff to be angry about I'm already carrying a lot of weight on a regular basis so I would love to just see something that makes me feel lighter that helps me feel happy and, and joy afterwards i i would definitely i definitely very much appreciate good movies that do highlight positive things and don't take the easy route out and let's do like a gangster movie right yeah. no it's, it's just like you know we've been in this you know parallelogram for the past like year almost year and a half i would say come on parentheses um, whole parentheses a whole you know a paradox the partition the, the partition <laughs> you know and it's so you know so everything had to shut down in hollywood so there was like a hiatus of like nothing coming out but now it's like all these tv shows are coming back out now and they for at once they were all had like stuff about covid and it's like we're living in it. We don't want to see it. We don't right. want to see like every every like hospital show had, you know, something about COVID. And we're like, we're still living in it. We don't need to see a TV show about you know that. So I, I definitely agree. You know, let's change the change what you give out there. Change the narrative. Uh, change the uh, what we're able to see. And I think we're we're also getting to a place now where there's a lot of young people, young like black not black black and brown people who are want to tell stories from all different types of you know narratives and you know different situations and i would love to see like authentic like caribbean stories and you know african stories i think the one thing that made do you mean cool runnings is not authentic no 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 i'm not no no i'm talking about like now i'm being sarcastic the fastest of the fastest of the Jamaican spring Tay Diggs but, is Jamaican. Yeah, right. And really? and so is what's his name from Cosby oh. Show? Um, that was Sanka. What's his Mark Marky Mark or no? What's his? I forgot the, guy, the comedian's name, but he was on the Cosby Show. Wow. He was what's her name's boyfriend. Yeah, on the Cosby Show. Zanka, you dead? Yeah, man. Sanka, you dead? Yeah, man. Coach, coach, kiss my lucky egg. Anyways. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Did you just watch that? Yesterday? No, it's just like ingrained in my head. Right. But, yes, I, I would love to see the diversity in the stories. And I wonder, just, I wanted to ask, because I was curious, like, TV shows. Like, what do you guys, what's your favorite? 
favorite black Ooh. TV show? So mine is actually a few. Like, so I I'm a, I'm a hardcore coffee show fan. Um, I also I love my wife and kids. Yes. Um, I think my wife and kids one. got slept on so but much. What happened oh, I to the it. daughter though? Why they have to switch her out like that? You know, it's but I I I love those. Um uh, Tisha Campbell, you know, she was in Martin and I love the fact that she was able to find another role in my wife and kids and it's one of those where you know, to me, like a good TV show is something that you know I can just put on and just watch it. And like I watch old videos. I think that Felicia Rashad should have been given all the Emmys. Um, and the Period. fact that she never received anything for Claire Huxtable is is a, is a crime against nature. Um, so like, I would say mine is probably the Cosby Show. What about your favorite? Oh, mine is definitely Fresh Prince. Like I. I probably watched every episode like ten times. Yep. I think I probably know. Just put an episode on. I can probably start. Like, oh, I know what's going on. I already know what's going on. <laughs> that was. I mean, I think it just it hit all of the points. Like, you had comedy. You had real topics. Like, they dealt with issues. You know, but then you got to see like a family be together. Like, you saw a father who was like there for all his kids and taking care of someone who was not his kid. And, you know, even though they switched on Viv, you know, she was there. It was, you know, <laughs> it, was in a broken, it was in a broken home. Um, but that was definitely. And then another one I have to put. So even though it's funny, I got more into it as an adult. And me and Richard have watched it. And we said there's parts of the script that is a little shady. But Girlfriends, like when I was. Yes. When, you guys, when I was growing up, the only, like, black female that I was like, oh, I, I can be like her was Dion and Clueless, okay? And then, oh God, and Stacey Dash now, right? Oh, <laughs> Anyways, but when Girlfriends came on, I'm like, oh my God, look at all these beautiful black women. You had like a realtor, you had a lawyer, like they were all these successful black women. They were going through issues all the time. But like they were friends, they would get in fights, but they were loyal. And I don't know, it was just such a good representation of just being like, oh, there's black women and I could be any of them. I had like all these options instead of just only one black girl on the show or only one black girl in the movie. Right. And um, yeah, so those were my two favorites. One of my best memories growing up was, I think it was Thursday nights. We would get um, fast food and we would all sit on the floor. And I think the order of the shows was Living Single, then Martin, and then New York Undercover. I don't know if you guys remember New York Undercover, but that was like the late one. So if if we were awake enough, we got to watch New York Undercover, and that definitely we were too young to watch that <laughs> um, for sure. But living single, and we were yes. we were singing the the theme song before right. the podcast started. But uh, a Maxine, and what was her name? Yes. Sinclair? Was it? Woo-woo? Yeah, Sinclair. Was that Sinclair? Yeah, Sinclair. Sinclair. Yeah. 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 I, oh, yes. Oh my gosh, Regine is really good. Which show, so if, if, um, yeah, it was Living Single, right? 
was basically the precursor they say to, to friends to friends 100 yeah 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 such a good show though yeah definitely so, yeah living single that's i think it's underrated too. yeah it had legs and yeah yeah, yeah it really did there's videos out there where a few of the, the the cast from living single talk like and not like in a bad they never bash friends at all but they they talk about the reality of how like living single was definitely yeah. there first yeah and you know the next year we got friends and obviously friends became you know what it is today but a lot of people don't remember living single and never seen it and it is actually funny i want to say uh uh david swimmer um didn't uh he say something about oh they should do like a black version of friends i or think something? yes yeah, yes i, think that's I remember that that's literally sparked it yeah it was like wait there, there was. was it was called right. living single and then there's even people out there who thinks that like friends was out first and like mm-hmm. it's like no, 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 no. like we were there first mm-hmm. so uh no that's that's funny before we pass, I have to do a quick plug too for Moesha oh, and yeah. Sister oh, Sister. Yeah. Oh, and Sister. Sister. Yeah, those were like yes. when I was in, yeah, was it high school? But earlier high school? No, middle school? Probably middle school to high school. Yeah, um, and, and they were like the high school girls and they were cool and they had all their friends and all the cute outfits and like I just remember yeah looking at Moesha and she was like our our I was gonna say clueless but I feel like she Moesha was a bit stronger character than that she was a little messy she really was messy she was okay so that's a good reference Um, yeah and then what was a spinoff her best friend Kim yes Kim the Parkers the Parkers Parkers. Parkers. it was so good and then now yeah Everybody just coming up where we gotta be like, yeah, but now. Right. Kim's mom, right? What's it? Uh, Monique. 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 Oh. Monique. Don't wear your bonnet. Yeah. <laughs> no. oh, we don't need Chris, what are some like favorite black TV shows that you like watching growing up? Um, growing up, I was the one of the few I was able to watch growing up was Sister Sister. Um, and also a different world, uh, and I think mainly that was in conjunction to the Cosby Show as well, because um, I remember when Nick and Knight, you know, used to be like really, really popular. They used to play the Cosby Show at night, so as something like it was like a family ritual, we would watch that as kids with my dad, and then we go to bed. So like, you know, I was raised on that. So between the comedy and just the realness of it all, um, you know, even with a different world, showing the college scenes and, and rewatching it as an adult. I didn't realize how deep that show got, you know, um, even when it uh, kind of touched on rape culture and everything else like that within the black community. That that was real. I didn't really understand that as a kid. But now that I'd, like I was rewatching it as an adult, that is real. When is the last time you heard besides blackish? Because blackish, blackish, I think, does a really good job about showing those issues. But what other black show out there actually shows realness in our culture? You know, I mean, I'm not African-American. I'm Jamaican-American, you know, just like Richard. But at the same time, you know, it's still real to us. You know, like we are still black in America. And so at least, that's the, you know, the common show. So Sister Sister was really nice um, just because it gave it a really nice, uh, more subtle spin. But even then in that show, it had a lot of realness in it as well, you know. And then, you know, just thrown out there, <laughs> the Proud Family. Was oh, <laughs> Right, a proud family. What? I I gotta piggyback off of a different world. So, um, I feel like a different world is a very underrated show that's kind of like lost in the 
history of television. Um, because like you said, it addressed, it was, it was black people of color. And, you know, you have characters like Sinbad and, and you know, or, or um, actors like Sinbad. And then you have um, the crossover to it's the same, like, universe as the Cosby show, right? Um, what's her name? The daughter. Yeah, Denise. Yeah, Denise. Denise goes to college, right? And um, it, for me, a different world. If I think back to my childhood and watching, all I see is Dwayne Wayne and... Whitley, right, and right. like I watched that show all the way to like they got married and they like elope and like it's just like this whole thing and um, I guess I had aspirations of going to college and so when I saw that show I saw what it could be and I, and I, don't, I don't know why I just latched onto that. The honorable mentions for me is Family Matters. Um, Family Matters. I so watch probably every single episode of yeah. Family Matters. I've seen every iteration of Urkel. Are you an like, Urkel or a Stefan fan? <laughs> Stefan. Uh, Stefan was a G. Stefan definitely was a G, but I was always rooting for Urkel to, yeah, get, to right? get with to get with um, that metal. Uh, what's Laura. her name? Laura. Laura. You know, Fong but but uh, yeah, Family Matters is definitely in there. Um, but yeah, that was, and then what was the one um, where the dad was an ex basketball player? Hanging with Mr. Oh, Cooper. Oh, uh, uh, one, one on one. one. One what, on one. What, was that Tyler Pratt? Flex yeah, Tyler Yeah, and Flex. Yeah. Yes. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, memory. And I think for me, that one, like, I had, like, it was like a black dad, but he had the law and he had, like, the the, the swag and, like, it was just different. It, like, it was just the setting was different. You know, like, the, the dynamic between father and daughter and everything like that. So, No, I feel that. I think um, I have to say this before we wrap up. I w- uh, High School Musical wouldn't be able to run if it wasn't for Cheetah Girls. Yeah. And <laughs> also, I feel like Nickelodeon, as far as their, their live action stuff, built their, built their uh, built everything they had on the backs of like Keenan and Kel and all that. Welcome so, to Good Burgers. Keenan and Kel. I think I think yeah, the fact That's that Keenan is still on SNL, I think the the weight, the cultural weight of Keenan and Kel and the the impact that they had on all that and sketch culture. Um, it was TikTok before TikTok. Like all that was short form. It was all this you know, short comedic Little jokes, little punchlines on culture and stuff like and that. And it, it was funny too. It was, like, it was funny. The same way yeah. you can get their sketches funny. on SNL right now, like they were pulling off the sketches on, you know, yeah. all that, and they were, they made it land. And that Nickelodeon was always good at like recycling because out of all that, you got the Amanda Show, and out of the Amanda Show, you got like other stuff as well. But you wouldn't have all that if it wasn't for all that. And like, <laughs> and like I said, you know, as much as I love High School Musical, you wouldn't have High School Musical if it wasn't for Cheetah Girls. So. Um, I, I think one thing that I want, you know, everyone to take away from this is that, you know, the movies and TV shows have a way of shaping our reality. And one thing that I would love to see in the future is more black voices telling our stories because you'll get all the different types of perceptions and um, all of those different things. Like you'll have the 
you know, the, the serious topics on one side, you'll have the love stories. You'll have movies like Jumping the Broom, where, like, you know, people don't know about that tradition. And even though it was a comedy movie, but it was a, what is what does it mean to jump the broom? Well, that's the tradition that was started off in the, the slave days. About That was the way that we were able to symbolize marriage, like, just among us, about jumping the broom. So you'll have those, you'll have those movies. And, um, you know, I want everyone, if you're listening to this on Juneteenth or after Juneteenth, to just think about some movies and TV shows that help shape your perception of, you know, the black experience of black culture, you know, whether it was in an informative way or in, you know, you grew up watching those TV shows and movies and everything like that. And uh, we're going to continue bringing these narratives out there and uh, we're going to keep looking out for them as well so on that note i definitely want to give a shout out to everyone who is here who decided to join me for this podcast i wouldn't be able to do this without you guys going around the table again thank you so much andy for being here and richard and kati and uh, chris over there aka kiki grace who's my sound engineer (laughs) and um please follow you know the movie bugle on instagram at the movie bugle and uh sharon and until the next time, I'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye, everyone.